Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two. This is the Breaking Barriers Podcast. The conversation about changing the narrative for boys and young men of color in Western New York. Let's go. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Dwayne Sawyer. And today, y'all, today is the day we finally got the one, the only, Dr. Kush K. Bardwash. And he is here in the building today, and he is about to (laughs) inspire us and give us some knowledge that we need desperately. So, y'all, come on, tune in. Daniel here, too, you know. What's up, D. Sawyer? Yeah, what's up, my boy? What's up, what's up? All right, y'all, so today, um, Dr. Kush... Dr. B, he liked to be called, but, you know, Kush kind of sounds a little suspect, which it do, you know, today's society. But, um, yeah, so Dr. Dr. B, welcome. Welcome to the Breaking Bears podcast. And yes, we, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, let's just get a little insight about you. So how did you get your rep? I mean, you're very well known in the city and you have a lot of respect. So how did you, how did you get your respect? Uh, well, there's two types of crazy, good crazy and bad crazy. Uh, word <laughs> on the street is that I'm good crazy. The fact is I'm legally insane about education. Mm. And when it comes down to it, it's our armor. It's the armor that uh, protects us from the society. Either you are dependent or independent. And education is the difference between the two. Um, fresh out of high school, I went to Howard University the real HU. All right. You might be mad, but I was born in DC. So there's a little more bias. Okay. There. Uh-huh. But the fact is, uh, that's where I had the gamma radiation. Oh, we going Marvel. That yeah. made me the black nationalist Let's that go. I am now. <laughs> black nationalism is defined by Malcolm X as wanting black people to control the politics and economics of their own community. Mm-hmm. And either you run your own stuff or someone runs your stuff. Mm. So, um, that's my father's from Nairobi, Kenya. My mom's from Delhi, India. Uh, my multiculturalismness uh, <laughs> helped to shape me uh, as a person. Uh, I was a Williamsville North Spartan. Uh, big shout out to my Spartans. This uh, is Sparta. Sparta. <laughs> uh, but uh, we prepare for glory, uh, Spartans. But um, I just developed a passion for social justice and mm. as an undergraduate i went in as typical indian want to be doctor <laughs> but uh chemistry and i weren't friends mm-hmm. and uh ja, uh professor james g pappas uh became one of my mentors and i told him uh i wanted to switch to an african-american studies major mm. and he said something that i still say to my students to this very day we'd love to have you and uh, the AS department in its initial forms, not now, uh, was a home. And it's important for us as people of color, particularly young black men, right. uh, to find intellectual and spiritual homes that make us welcome and, and, and develop us. So fast forward, uh, I wound up finishing with my bachelor's uh, in African-American studies, my master's uh, MAH with a dual concentration in Native American studies and African-American studies. All right. Um, big shout out to the Haudenosaunee, the Six Nations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of magnificent Native American scholarship here in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, my late mentor, Dr. John Mohawk, was the man who got me into graduate school. And he was just a rock star. But the biggest rock star is Chief Oren Lyons. Uh <laughs> O-R-E-N, Lions. This man, literally, I don't know anyone who has more juice in the Native American community than this man. He was one of my uh, professors. Mm. And when he spoke, you just were mesmerized. You literally sat there and stared at him like your eyes would cross. (laughs) It was so deep. It was deep. Well, they're the ones, the the original people, the indigenous people of this uh, nation, he said, what, what are you going to do when you can't drink the water? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do when you can't breathe the air? And given our current context of uh, environmental yeah, justice, right. it's kind of an issue. So I uh, finished the master's, and I, I, I teach my students. I didn't finish anything. I earned E-A-R-N. It was a four-letter word our kids need to know. Earn. I earned my bachelor's, my master's. And then uh, I got into the Ph.D. program, and... Uh, for several decades, I was a uh, 
transformational educator, so the streets say, at the university. <laughs> That's a word on the street. Word on the street. <laughs> I am the creator of Hip Hop and Social Issues, the arguably the most successful course at uh, the University of Buffalo. Uh, students would go from 7 to 10 on a Tuesday night and stay two hours after just to kick it about material mm-hmm. and talk about racism, sexism, homophobia, Islamophobia, and of course to beatbox and battle the professor. Not battle. It was not an, uh, a, a competition. It was an exhibition. And you don't want Yoda to pick up the lightsaber. Right. But uh, big shout out to my wife who absolutely hates me as an MC and thinks I can't rhyme. But the fact is, um, I created hip hop and social issues. Uh, I taught at e, uh, NCCC, uh, SUNY Brockport, and uh, part of this reputation I've earned is every single place I've ever taught, students would petition administration so that I would teach other classes. When I taught at NCCC, uh, I taught Africans in America, and next thing you know, I created issues in African American history. At UB, I created hip-hop and social issues, mm-hmm. which we hope to bring to my home college, now Madai College. All right. Hopefully okay, best kept secret. I might have to re-enroll just so I could take that class. Man. Yeah, exactly. me too. Well, Seeing that some... one Mr. Jamil Cruz never oh. informed me about you. I, well, we spent time at UB. You know, it's Jamil all good. Cruz, uh, social media director of Say Yes, and he worked in City Hall. And yes, he... He said he was a Jedi. Mm-hmm. No, once you're a Jedi, you're always a Jedi. Always, always a Jedi. Always Wait, a Jedi. Um, for the people that who don't know, what is a Jedi? Someone who studies the force, the, the force. socio-political force of things that we don't talk about that affect our lives every day. Mm-hmm. I talk about that in, in my TED Talk, uh, Does African-American Studies Matter? And just this idea of... We don't talk about racism, sexism, homophobia, Islamophobia. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about politics and economics. They're considered not uh, socially acceptable. They're politically incorrect. Mm. But we don't talk about those things that affect us every day. So, again, uh, the creator of uh, hip-hop and social issues. Uh, I created a course uh, when I was an academic advisor in the Division of Athletics at UB. Big shout-out to uh, Rashidi Green and my boy Dr. Reed back there. Um... Race and gender ethics in sport. Mm. And I, I hope to see Madai bring both hip hop and social issues and rage, as I called it, race and gender ethics right. in sport. You're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> but the bottom line is talking about uh, Colin Kaepernick, which I mean is on the breaking barriers, uh, handouts and things. These issues that we are afraid to talk about that, that affect our lives every day. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the soil in which I've grown my Jedis. Yeah. And in direct answer to your question, I am like a Yoda in that I teach my students about the force. I don't teach them how to use the force. Mm -hmm. I don't teach them whether or not the force is in them, but I teach them that the force exists. Right. All around us. So the force, what is this force that you're trying to bestow upon the city that desperately needs to be actually taught so education 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 is a form of empowerment w.e.b du bois said education by its very definition should be revolutionary and challenge Mm -hmm. class structures schooling replicates class structures Mm -hmm. many people in buffalo and around the nation go to school but they're not educated you got a lot of people who get a college degree notice i said get not earn Mm -hmm. get a college degree and they leave as dumb as the day they came in they got their receipt, or, uh, their receipt. diploma, <laughs> piece of paper to get you in the door diploma. somewhere. <laughs> they got their receipt, but to not understand, like if a woman gets paid 70 cents or 77 cents, whatever the latest statistic is for every dollar a man makes, how could you not talk to a young lady? I'm a father of a daughter. Mm-hmm. My daughter's name's Anaya, which means led by no one. Mm. Uh, how can you not teach a young woman about sexism? Right. How could you not teach a young man of color, particularly a black man, about sexism. Yeah. And when I teach a woman about sexism, do I say kill all men? No. But let's see, there's a wall here. It can, barrier, if you will. <laughs> can you break it? Can you go around it, around it, through it? Can, what, what can you do with that? Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, racism. I'm not saying kill the white man. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but let's discuss the fact that it was illegal to teach a slave to read. And the Africans are not slaves. Slavery is a condition put upon African people. Mm. But here we are in 2020, and 
I've got young people who I offer full tuition scholarships at Madai College through Say Yes. Big shout out to Michelle Sawyers and the whole Say Yes crew at Madai. But the fact is, half of Buffalo runs away from me like they're allergic to education. Mm -mm. So... My reputation, wow, this was a long first question, but the fact is <laughs> I'm legally insane about education and there's some people who get my insanity and I'm happy to spread and infect them with that. Take the red pill. So I wouldn't call it insanity and D-Wade, I'm going to um, jump in here. Go right quick. ahead. Um, you know, I see Did that. you call him D-Wade or D-Saw? D-Wayne. 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 Because okay. yeah. D-Sawyer, I was like, D-Saw and D-Rod. D- like, yeah, it's a lot of names. Sawyer, it's a lot of names. I got a lot of names for D-Wayne, man. Okay, He's, okay. You know, it's kind of taking him under my wing a little bit. Yeah. I really like the man. He's a good man. It's one of my Thank guys. you. I appreciate it. So, I see it as just, you know, your, just your passion shining through. So, one of the things I noticed as you brought up the whole TED Talk piece, and I, I had a chance to actually check it out, and I thought it was pretty oh. dope, just your... I've got dope it? four times today. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Kush, uh, Sawyer says. Yeah, like, I did call him Dr. Kush, y'all. That's Thanks. like one of my signature yeah. words. I just like it. It's dope. No, dope is you sweet, know? but Kush with dope. Yeah, <laughs> Kush and dope. And, yeah. Bad, bad, bad mix, bad, right? Bad mix, okay. yeah. Um, Gosh darn that Dr. Dre. <laughs> I thought the intro that you had to the actual TEDx talk was phenomenal because you tied in your passion for mm-hmm. music and studying that history along with your work and just your passion. So I guess my I'm curious about what makes you take the approach that you uh that you take in regards to the classroom. Like where one, where did the passion for wanting to actually teach young people come from? And why do you take the approach that you do in the classroom? If I may, I, I just want to give a big shout out to my wife, Kelly, my beloved wife Kelly Bardwatch. Uh, There was a part in that TED Talk that didn't make the cut. I practiced it the whole time, and it it just didn't make the cut. And this idea that, how do I say this? There's a lot of places that black people, the the product that black people make is welcome, but black people are not. Mm. (laughs) Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa. You got deep right there. Hold up. Oh, 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 yeah. There you go. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I came in the door. The fact is, a lot of ple- black people are not welcome in the door. Right. Black black fruit is loved, but the tree is hated. Mm. And people love black culture, but not black people and black Speak creativity. So, my beatboxing was this establishing in the TED Talk of of my authenticity of sorts. It's like, and then just to challenge stereotypes, obviously. And then as you saw, and hopefully the rest of the listeners and viewers uh, check out my TED Talk, Does African-American Studies Matter? Just how I started to do the Indian accent. And I did that Mm -hmm. for decades in my teaching career, though now it's uh, questionable because (laughs) the two hardest things to be in America right now are a stand-up comedian and a professor. And I was a combination of both. Both, So (laughs) people get... But oh, you I'm put offended. it off. You put it off miraculously um, during the TED talk. I did, but more so in decades at uh, at the University of Buffalo. So the fact of the matter is, just being able to challenge stereotypes and this idea of prejudice, prejudging—you think you know what someone knows based on what they look like. Mm. And two of my biggest teachings, spiritually in life, are: you never know what someone's thinking, and you never know what someone's been through. Some of us have very stank faces. And when they look at you, you think they might not like you. Well, they might actually love you and respect you to death. But you don't know what someone's thinking. Right. But the bottom line is you never know what someone's been through. So um, my approach to teaching has always been, I don't teach you how to be black. Only a black man and woman knows what that is. But I can teach you socio-historically and politically what has what it has meant to be black in a racist society. I like that. Well, the fact of the matter is, I've had down white people be my students. I've converted many, many students uh, of all races and ethnicities to African American studies. But at the end of the day, come as you are. Right. You know what I mean? We have to understand the concept of ally. You know, I'm an LGBTQ ally. My favorite shirt of all time is I may be straight, but I don't hate. You know what I mean? This idea of, you know, having white kids um, be welcome and comfortable in an African-American studies class. You know what I mean? 
And let's be real. Say Yes Buffalo is doing amazing things in Buffalo. That's the reason I'm here. That's the reason I admire you so much and what you guys are doing in, in Buffalo. But the fact of the matter is not everyone in Buffalo schools are black. Yeah, man. Educated yeah. diversity is, yeah. You know what I mean? A white kid, it's not about race. It's about class. So, yeah. Uh, uh, if you ask, why am I the way I am? How has it gone the way it has? It's because, uh, like Malcolm X in his last phases of his life, and Dr. King in the real version, not the sanitized version, I'm very class aware. And it's not just about racism, it's about classism. Mm -hmm. And being able to bring up that dirty word, class, mm -hmm. is something I've never feared. And uh, I've had an affinity to hip-hop that addresses such issues. And the students who come into my energy, they, they get it. Right. But I see a lot of kids and students in general take a liking to you because of your personality and the way you teach. What is some of your methods that you use? Connectivity. You know? Right. Exactly. Like, what's <laughs> the icebreaker? Connectivity. It's the connectivity. What's well, the icebreaker that you use? I ask, I ask students to know, and I'm really, I'm a big etymologist. I love definitions of words. I was a Latin scholar. I speak Latin. It's dead, but I study it. <laughs> Just this idea of charisma. Is, can you define charisma? Can charisma be taught? No. The fact is you have it or you don't. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. But at the end of the day, <laughs> but, but valuing students for who they are and meeting them for who they are. Right. I love the way you're looking at me right now. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, taking all honestly, of this in. Because honestly, the work that we <laughs> right. do together with the youth of Buffalo, and mm. particularly young men of color, this issue of showing you how brilliant and beautiful you are. You know what I mean? In this Title IX hypersensitive society that we live in, you know, you're like, you can't say you love your student. You can't hug your student. No. You know what I mean, right? It's going it's to be taken offensive. Well, or an the offensive fact is this. Way. The greatest coach in the history of the NFL is Vince Lombardi. Mm. The Vince Lombardi trophy is a Super Bowl trophy. Belichick's a cheater. Right. So please send your hating comments to Jameel Cruz. At, yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the bottom line is this. I'm not afraid to bring up love in my classes. I'm not afraid to bring up love in my sessions as an uh, advisor or as uh, an admissions professional. Do you love your family? Do you love yourself? If so, why? If not, why not? What's it going to take for you to understand that you are worthy of love and that you deserve to be loved? I've been waiting to get down with MBOC so long. I want to earn a Dr. B honorary black and silver. Is it? What's the jacket? What color is it? Black and blue. I just drool at those jackets. Oh, uh, Dr. B, we got a oh. way that you can earn your I'm earning. Yeah. I'm earning. I'm going to have a doctor. You, you want a jacket. Well, but here's the point. Here's the point. There's a process. Let, let me exactly. see what the process is. <laughs> I've already practiced the mantra. But the fact is, at Madai, and big shout out to our president, Dr. Kenneth Maker, progressive. He's a white dude. Mm. The, 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 the president of my college comes to black student union meetings with his daughter and plays guitar and sings songs. Other colleges that I know of and that I've attended, those presidents don't do that. The president of my college, Dr. Kenneth Maker, hired Dr. Uh, Mr. Kenya Hobbs as director of diversity and, and, and inclusion. Okay. And we are making Madai look more like Buffalo. Yeah. He's been, he's, Dr. Maker's had a concerted effort on making sure that there's diversity on that campus. That's one thing I've, I have noticed. Let me tell you something. There's people who talk the talk and people who walk the talk. I'm just waiting to get a phone call to come back and do something. You know, well, listen. I'm a die alum, you know. Are so. you an alum? Yeah. Oh, man. Alumnus got to get love. <laughs> the fact is this maybe in years you could be on the board or whatever, but the fact is, Madai has a very, very, very strong alumni base. Hmm. Alumnus, male singular, alumni. Uh, feminine alumni plural mm -hmm. but the fact is when you meet someone who's gone to Madai the way they talk to you it's different than those of us who uh, went to public institutions went it's refreshing to see a place that treats you like a person not a number mm -hmm. and my interactions with uh, big shout out to Chris LaRusso the director uh, uh, the vice president uh, of the I'm sorry Vice President of Enrollment Management and uh, Brooke Urban, the Director of Admissions and mm. Undergrad, I have people who get it and who want all students. And those two people that I just mentioned, 
and Dr. Maker, guess what? They're white. Mm-hmm. Wow. And guess what? They understand that black money's green too. Mm-hmm. And what college is going to be the college for Buffalo? Everyone's fighting for that, right? Buff State, UB, Dubuque, it's a brawl, but you know, as far as I can see, there's only one school that's really willing to fight. Which is that? Madai. As you can see, Madai is very diverse, and it's actually inside the community on a day to day basis. If it's not the staff, like you said, they could be the president. So while we're actually on the conversation, because I got a question around that, because you know we talk about educated diversity, um, and we talk about what colleges need to do to actually ensure that students are successful on their campuses so you know not just Madai, but mm-hmm. what do what do college institutions need to do to ensure that especially young males of color when they come to these college campuses not only that they get there but they actually persist from you know year one and year two and they actually graduate what would you say to that dr b um there's four pillars and that's Recruitment, retention, development, and graduation. Mm -hmm. They just keep me in the classroom. They don't let me run stuff. (laughs) The fact is, recruitment, retention, it doesn't, everybody who knows anything knows the first year is critical. Crucial. How do you retain the student? How do you develop them? You know, having a a background in the division of athletics at the largest public university in the state of New York, Mm. I got to see that. And I got to formulate very strong opinions about mm-hmm. what the word development means. So again, recruitment, retention, development, graduation. Having people understand how those four pillars have fibers that have to be interwoven connectively. Mm-hmm. I was at uh, a magnificent uh, conference at ECC, uh, retention of uh, students of color. Were you there? Yeah. Okay. Dr. Martin, yeah, Roland Martin. Roland Martin, not doctor. PhD is a debt. You got to earn it. Pay <laughs> 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 my student loan at uh, Dr. Martin. No, All right, bottom, bottom line is this. Roland Martin made the room very uncomfortable mm. when he so- talked about these students aren't college ready. He said the colleges must be student ready. Student mm. ready. And this this cuts to the concept of Black money's green, too. You can have a problem with the students you have. But if you don't have students, you don't have a college. you got a mm-hmm. big problem. Do you want customers or are you going to have a problem with the customers you have? Do you want your customers? And like the white kids in the Buffalo Public Schools or brown, white, green, yellow, purple, all that stuff, <laughs> everyone in Buffalo and everyone beyond Buffalo should have a place in higher education. Madai offers that to not just our core demographic of Buffalo. We are at Delaware Park. We are in the center of Buffalo. We're mm-hmm. looking more like Buffalo. Dr. Maker, Kenya Hobbs, uh, Michelle Sawyers, our wonderful director of uh, student support services for Say Yes students and her, her staff, uh, Brianne Santana and Rachel Spink. They're doing magnificent work in that we're ready to meet you where you are and understanding where you come from. Mm-hmm. So you guys, this all connects to what you're asking me. Dr. B, why are you this transformational educator with a reputation, this, that, and the other? It's because I don't try to act like I know where you are, where you come from. I'm willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Because I'm oratorically gifted, a lot of people, big shout out to my director, Brooke, think I talk too much. (laughs) And my wife. (laughs) But the fact is, I do listen. And you have to shut up. And listen to someone and ask them, what's up with you, man? What's up with you, girl? Where you been? Where you from? And I, I use a lot of F words. Earn, yeah. help. All my old Jedi's are like, man, he's really holding back today. Um, but this idea of help, being open to getting help and asking people, how can I help you? Do you need help? My mom once said, you can't be great until you're okay. Mm. Are you Okay. And having trauma-informed faculty and staff and teaching people how to reach our students. Mm-hmm. And newsflash, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but not all black people are damaged and traumatized. Nope. Nope. What about the Amen. black honors student? What about the urban uh, student with a 98 average? I had two ma- man, I had two magnificent students, a brother and a sister from a school in Buffalo. One was the valedictorian, the other was the salutatorian, and they just had killer 
killer GPAs and SATs and everything. What about them? How can we turn our backs on them? So wow, you know, um, like three questions in, yeah, on forty five minutes. Let me start. <laughs> Something I've always wondered about again, kind of that educated diversity piece, because that's one of the issues that our young men like Dwayne have right. been pushing on, pushing for on a council. Um, just talk about the impact of having male professors, uh, male professors of color on that campus. I was a founding uh, social studies teacher at Kip Sankofa Charter School in the heart of Buffalo, the Central Park Plaza. My 10-year-old students went to school 10 hours a day, fifth graders. They shook the hands of Uchenna Smith at the time. Uh, she's married. Uh, she has a new name. But Uchenna, big shout out to you. I'm going to put this on Facebook. Every day, those young people would shake the hand of the principal, black woman, Mind you. Okay. MKU. Malika. Okay. College in 2010. College in 2011. College in 2012. They'd shake their hand, uh, her hand every day. This idea of being college ready. I just, I, I think, I, I listen to the radio and I hear a lot of radio advertisements about schools talk, elementary schools being college prep. How can you be college prep? <laughs> when you haven't finished K through 12. So your question again was what? Just the, the impact of having male educators, male professors. That's where I was going. I'm sorry. I, I got off on my own tangent. Sorry. Um, We're going to pull you back. Dr. Many, B, many of my students said, Mr. B, I wasn't Dr. B at the time. You're the first man I've ever had as a teacher. Mm. And Jawanza Kunjufu, author of the conspiracy to destroy black boys. And, uh, he's, he's a considered, uh, uh, elder and black education. He said the fate of black men is in the hands of white women. And what he meant by that was many young black men, and yet many people period never have a black male nope. educator from K through 12. Never had so, one. Never. never, never. And you know, a lot of people wrestle with Dr. B about how black I am or of color I am. But mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is I think what, uh, D. Rob, as I'll call him today, asked is, well, does that matter? If so, why? If not, why not? And this idea of, uh, comedian D.L. Hughley once said, in order to be a man, you got to see a man. Yep. And this idea of seeing black excellence, black male excellence, and that's why I'm so happy to be here with BMOC, is this idea of, you know what, I'm a... I'm a man of color with a PhD. You know what? I've got Jamil. I've got Dwayne. I've got all these people. I've got, I've got people who can show you that you can be like that brother at the conference on Friday. He was, he has a criminal record and he went to become a lawyer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you can often only go as far as you can see. And the problem is we have a problem with vision in our community and this notion of survival versus success. People bit my stuff a lot. But the fact is, one of the most important things I say to my students, it's a four-letter word, I don't let them say it, is P-A-S-S. -S. What's that spell? Pass. Pass. Go to be a pass my classes. Really, dude? Did you breathe today? <laughs> Did you wipe your booty today? I passed. And then I say, uh, usually there's a mom in the meetings. I, I want to see more men uh, coming with their daughters and sons for uh, admissions visits in college, you know? And I, I say to the mom, I said, Ma, do you want someone to perform surgery on you or a doctor or a gynecologist, obstetrician, mm -hmm. who only passed medical school? She said, no, I want them to get A's. So that's the point, the difference between survival and success. Mm -hmm. This idea of stop thinking in terms of pass. Start thinking in terms of excellence. Mm -hmm. Jesse Jackson once said, the best deterrence to racism is excellence. And that's what BMOC is. That's why I want to earn my jacket. That's why I want to be a transformational figure to the young men that my Jedis and Jedis by honorary Jedis that, that you guys reach. That, I honestly, I honestly, honorary. there's something, there's a bloodline. There's a, a, a circular consciousness. Right. You know what I mean? One of the things I've taught about in uh, African-American studies is to not think in terms of linear, but to, to think, in, think in terms of spirals. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King was born, this, died, this, this. But how did his impact ripple through history in spirals? His dash. 
Not just Dash. Let's go beyond. Let's go to ancient Kemet, Black Egypt. Let's mm. go there. Let's get deeper. And and this idea of hieroglyphics and black people writing their histories on the rocks, on the mm-hmm. walls, sculptures, all this stuff, all these picto- pictographs, all these things, this, the notion of uh, Nile River Valley civilizations leaving evidence of black thought, creativity, and excellence. Spirals. Legacy. Legacy. This notion of, yes, slavery lasted from this to this, but as Roland Martin unpopularly discussed. That's not when. Go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's go, what? No, go ahead. I'm going to let you run with it. What were you about to say? No, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of people will talk about black history, but and they think it started with slavery, and it didn't. <laughs> no, to go beyond, before slavery, right. but the fact that it impacts us long after it ends. It's like getting shot, raped, robbed, just something. A crime against you lasts psychologically, economically, how you interact with people long after that transaction ended. Mm-hmm. Thinking in terms of spirals and the spirals of history and how some people in Buffalo, they have no one to show them what excellence looks like. And it doesn't always have to be college excellence. Mm. You can actually you know, trade schools. If I can take a quick tangent here. W.E.B. Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington. Why does it have to be versus? Why isn't it both? They both contributed, right? I mm-hmm. like Biggie and Pac. I like salt and pepper. I like play, paper and plastic. Oh, you can't say This world is very... Right. Conversation somewhere else. What I'm saying is we have to stop thinking in terms of binaries and think in terms of yes and plus. But see, that's the problem. We're so trained and we got this in our mindset that the world is a competition. You constantly have to fight for whatever you want. You constantly have to fight for whatever you've done. So despite what you've did in the past or despite what you're doing now, you're still fighting for that position. The world is clearly seeing this as a tug of war game. You, if you keep pulling and you keep pulling, is your tie going to pass the line or is it going to stay on your side? And it's never, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. You have to look at it as a tug of war game. Each side is pulling because they both have something to prove. But at the same time, you have to have a winner. And clearly... It's always going to be versus and this person against that person because that's what they want to see. This world wants to see a fight. They want to see a battle. They want to see who's stronger. And that's why I feel like it's toxic. And you saying, you know, we got to break that barrier. I totally agree. Well, this idea of either or versus and mm-hmm. having a some zero mentality versus a abundance mentality. Like if Jamil Cruz was my student and Robertson was. You both could earn an A. Mm-hmm. If Jamil earns an A, that doesn't mean he can't. You both can be excellent. You know what I mean? And the fact that uh, someone doesn't have to lose for you to win is a mentality that's infected our communities. That's the problem. And, and families in many ways. Because some of my first-generation college students, some of the worst hate they get are from people in their own family. Mm-hmm. You know, and this stigma between private versus public colleges. Oh, you going to die? That's expensive. Excuse me, Madai has has taken in more say yes students than any other private college in the nation. Mm-hmm. And the way we do say yes, I may be biased, is better than any other college because we have a, a tremendous uh, support team with Michelle Sawyer's and her crew, and the fact that, I mean, a full tuition scholarship as a private institution, Madai has a little more latitude where our fees are not as exorbitant as many state schools. Mm-hmm. And I learned that from my first uh, countdown to kickoff celebration when they did the big PowerPoint. Say yes is a tuition only scholarship. Mm. There's fees in college. Anyone mm-hmm. who's gone to a state school, UB, Buff State, NCC, yep. ECC, those fees can add up. They sure do. You know what I mean? And, and <clears throat> the fact of the matter is people don't realize that sometimes a private college might be a better uh, option for you than a public college. But at the end of the day, it all means nothing if you don't finish. I'd rather a student go to a two-year college and finish. Go to Madai, Hilbert, Villa, Canisius, any private, and finish. Go right. to UB Buff State. Finish. Again, for uh, ECC to put on the board at their conference that there's a 10% African-American graduation rate there. 
I thought took tremendous heart for them as an institution. I was surprised they were. They I I'm surprised they, they. But you know what? It's out there. You yeah. can't unring a bell. Yeah. Big shout out to my girl Michelle Sawyer's. She said that today in a meeting. You can't unring a bell. <laughs> you can't take it back. Yeah, once it's done, it's and done. I was like, man, we are on ECC property, and they just put that out there. I don't know many colleges that would do that, but that's willing to host that event, bring mm-hmm. someone as revolutionary as Roland Martin there. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he offended a lot of people in the room. <laughs> yeah, he can rub some folk. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, all right, next question. Next question. Me? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. So, uh, Dr. B, I got to ask you this because you brought it up. You talked about being a father. And there's a there's a theme there, right, with we talk about young men of color. And a lot of them grow up without those role models, which is tends, tends to be why it's so important for them to have some kind of contact with a male figure somewhere, right, along their education mm-hmm. just talk about what it what it means to you to be a dad my daughter's name is anaya which means led by no one my son nash is the joy of my life he's seven months old only congratulations thank you my wife gets all those props by the way <laughs> um but the fact of the matter is being able to look your child in the eye and know that you're going to be there for them and support them I worked with a professional in college, a very high level black man. And he used to roll up on my students. Hmm. Now, um, for the people who do not know what roll up is. He would would approach them and engage them in intellectual (laughs) conversation. He would come up to them and he'd say, I know that look, man. You don't have a father in your life. Like, you, you didn't grow up with your dad, did you? And the young man, particularly young black man, would be taken back. How because it's that surprising. And it's, it's almost like a, a radar mm-hmm. that they can sense it. Yep. And he goes, I know that look. And he was a, a very, very successful, brilliant, beautiful black man. And he just and took kids under his wing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's a academic advisor, a financial aid representative, when that ever happens, um, uh, admissions professional, but more importantly, an educator. When they take someone under their wing and, and let them know, you know what? I, Bless you. whoever the father figure is in your life, I'm willing to be that for you. I'm known to my kids, my students, as either their father or at least their crazy uncle. <laughs> I can see that. And my Puerto Rican, my Puerto Rican students call me Theo, and I have different cultural names. I ask all my different you know, Bangladesh, all these students, how do you say uncle in your, your, your culture? And they teach me it and all this stuff. But the irony is, and this goes to the strength of black women, that sometimes you find that figure in a strong woman. Mm. And I, I have to speak my truth of uh, when I was struggling in my undergraduate career and my father passed away and I was depressed and I had uh, less than stellar grades, a brilliant, beautiful black woman by the name of Dr. Peggy Brooks Bertram took me under her wing. She is my Yoda. I'm her Jedi. Uh, she got me into a graduate school in the Department of Architecture and Planning, of all things at UB. Mm. Urban Studies is what it was. <laughs> it's funny how you can always say urban and make a market for it. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, bottom line is, once she gave me my shot at a Schomburg Fellowship, because she knew who I was and what I did, uh, I had a horrible undergraduate GPA that I will not say on social media, but I had a couple of F's. I'll leave it at that. Uh, the fact of the matter is, once in grad school, I whipped off four consecutive 4.0s. That's what's up. So I teach my students, people are tea bags. If you want to see what they're made of, put them in hot water. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I would prefer for a man, being a man, as a father, to help you be strong. But the fact of the matter is the truth of our families and culture and communities is sometimes the mom, more too often the mom, is the mom and the dad. Yeah. So I don't coddle, but I hug and embrace and glorify the male influence when he's there. Mm -hmm. And I'm the oldest man in this room. It's not even close. But there was a song by Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs back in hip-hop, Be a Father to Your Child. You know, Google that. (laughs) But this idea of fatherhood and what mm-hmm. it means to be an impactful man in people's lives. That's what I am as an educator. But at the end of the day, 
I'm a product of the strong women that have raised me and that I've been around. I found the strongest woman I've ever known in my wife. You know, speaking mm-hmm. of how do you how do you balance being a husband, father, and a professor and mentor to a number of students? Well, I'm not even gonna call you a mentor. I'm gonna call you Yoda, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got to take my classes first. Right. So. Um, you made you you made me an honorary. No, no, you're honorary. Jedi. You're honorary. 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 you a family cannot rise any higher than the character of the mother. Mm-hmm. And the reason I am an impactful educator, the reason I'm Dr. B is my wife. I won't cry on the mic. But the fact is, having a supportful person who understands, and you know, let's be real. My wife and I have had uh, discussions. She's like, you spend more time with your students than me. You never turn them down. You're on the phone with them at X, Y, Z times of the night and all that stuff. But fatherhood has changed that. I have, I have no problem in saying that, but my wife has been that generous. And mm. when we get invited to weddings and childbirths and, and people run up on me at Wegmans and all these and tops and like, talk to me. My wife understands that. Right. It's not a you celebrity. Because if it was, my, you impacted my, a lot of lives. My yeah, my income bracket would be vastly different if I was a celebrity. <laughs> but the fact is, impact and having that respect. My wife respects me. I respect my wife. She respects the work that I do. I respect the work that she does. My wife's a brilliant businesswoman. Mm. You know what I mean? But that balance comes in understanding that it's never fifty fifty. You, it's 75, 25, 25, 75. The scale's always balanced. You mm. know what I mean? Gotcha. So you have to place your priorities. How do I say this? You, you place your priorities in different areas at different times. At times, we have to manage this. At other times, we have to manage this. So uh, at the end of the day, I look at it like four burners on a stove. What needs to be shook and stirred now? Right. And my wife and successful families manage that stove concept better than anything else. And the student in college, newsflash, you're going to take one, two, three, four classes at three credit hours apiece to be 12 credit hours. Mm -hmm. Should be 15 because 15 plus 15 is 30. 30 times four is 120. Every every four four year degree is 120 credits. And say yes, for example, they won't say, oh, did you have a good time? Did you party a little with the kids down the street? Oh, we're going to give you another two semesters. No, you have four years to make that work. So, mm-hmm. um, the work-life balance comes from having supportful people who understand why you need to have your priorities here at a specific time. And that's, that's a challenge for so many of our first-generation students that people don't understand. Being successful is the art of saying no. Nah, man, I can't hang with you tonight. Nah, we can't go to the club. Nah, girl, I can't go to this party because I got a paper due tomorrow. I've got a lab in the morning. So you're saying that people have to be willing to actually put it up and say no. Being successful is the art of saying no. Delayed gratification. Uh, Biggie Smalls. Biggie, Biggie Smalls. The illest. illest. Uh, He said, if you are a drug dealer, you will eventually go to jail or die. It's Mm. a statistical fact. That idea of short money versus long money, that's that's a challenge we face as men of color, impacting young men of color in understanding the concept of investment. You're investing in yourself so that you can have a longer duration, I want to say. Right. You have staying power. You can last longer. That short money's fast. That short money's tall. Mm-hmm. It's the long game. People don't see long. Dr. B, man, you're just blowing my mind over here. I'm over here just stunned. And, I, and I'm a man, I, I speak, and I'm very outspoken, but I, I'm very few words today. I'm talking too much. Very, yo, no, nah, you, you're, you're talking, you're you're talking enough. You're talking enough. But, um, Dr. B, I just want to, um, we're about to wrap it up soon, and I just wanted to ask, um, if you had any advice for the upcoming youth in the city, what would you want to say? Go beyond what you're given. It's not your fault for not knowing. It's your fault for not asking. Mm. And the man who won't treat you right won't teach you right. 
So the fact is, if you feel like uh, your education system has failed you, teach yourself. That's why MBOC is so important. That's why say yes. That's why finding the right mentors is critical for you to be successful. Oh, my dad's in jail. My mom's mom's on crack. I didn't live with my parents. Right. At the end of the day, you can be an excuse addict or a success addict. Mm. And it's who you meet and who you not have transactions with, but interactions with that help you to take that to a higher level. And we are a product of our mentors. And that's why I'm so honored to be here today and, and talk about MBOC and talk about Say Yes and talk about Madai and just the idea of providing different venues for people to find different mentors. And your mentor might be a black man, might be a white woman, might be a gay man, might be a lesbian, might be a Latino, Latina. Whoever your mentor might be, someone to show you that you are much more than your circumstances. Definitely. And when it comes to the work that MBOC are doing, you guys are doing transformational, impactful work in Buffalo to let our youth know that they can go beyond what they're given. We appreciate that, Dr. B. You, you know, you're doing your work in your arena too, man. So you have an impact. We know that. You've demonstrated that. Um, before you go, we got to do something though. We've been doing oh, this with all of our guests shoot. that come on the Breaking Berries podcast. Okay. So today, man, we got twenty questions. Here we go. We're Dr. Twenty B. questions. <laughs> and you on the clock? So it's literally the first thing that comes to mind. Let's go. All right. Favorite restaurant in Buffalo? Duff's. My wife's gonna kill me. Okay, Duff's. <laughs> okay. Favorite place to go to? That's public. Delaware Park. Best wings in Buffalo. Dust for sauce. Mm. Best pizza in Buffalo. Laporta's in Williamsville. That's my family's joint. I don't care. Oh. See me. Come see me. Your favorite place to visit in Buffalo? Delaware Park. Okay. okay. Most slept on college in Buffalo. Madai. Buffalo's best kept secret. What? All right. Best college professor in Buffalo. Dr. Kush K. Bardwaj. Best to ever do it. Shameless plug, man. No, it's not. <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> LeBron, hey, Kobe. No. Not even close. All my all my mentors are uh, retired. No, so. I'm not buying that, doc, Dr. B, because at one point in time, there's an interview with LeBron was on record saying that Kobe was the best player in the league. Yeah. All right, well, I'm not in college. I finished my PhD. <laughs> every, professor, every professor I have is dead or retired. That's a good answer. Go ahead. Favorite hip-hop artist? Karis One, Rockham, and Chuck D, and Run DMC. We said has one, to be man. all four. Wait, Sorry. Wait. Well, then cut me up. Go. Right. Okay. Best college campus in Western New York. You cannot say Madai. You can't. UB with the Concentrated Black Student Union and Hip Hop uh, Student Association, <laughs> founded by Marquise Wolford and Jamil Cruz. Favorite Ooh. sports team? Buffalo Bills. Hey, right. let's you go get Buffalo. Some there. Person you admire the most in higher education? Dr. Peggy Brooks Bertram, my academic godmother. Founder of Uncrowned Queens. Google Le her name. LeBron, Kobe, or Jordan? Ooh. Jordan. American, Italian, Spanish, or soul food? My stomach's Italian, dude. Nah, <laughs> all right, all right. Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Denzel, or Kevin Hart? Denzel. All right. About integrity and intelligence. Next question. Favorite city to visit? In America or global? Global. Paris, France, and I haven't even been there. What, you visit in your mind? Yeah. <laughs> what? When you're visiting your mind? Like, you I want your favorite. I want to go to Paris. It's on my bucket list. Before I die, I want to go to Paris. When you go, can you take me with you? Yes. All right. Oh, we got that on record. Well, we yeah. Yeah, right. yeah Madonna's going to pay for it. All right. Next question. But uh, they best, best, hold on. best, best, best uh, continental city, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Mm. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? All right. Yeah, my dad should pay for something, seeing as I'm still paying back my tuition. Okay. Um, no, uh, music artist or artist he in heavy rotation right now? Rockham. Always Rockham. Favorite podcast? Breaking Barriers. Buffalo. Ah, there we All go. Right. That's that. That's perfect. Oop, do. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Dwayne, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, you ain't, you, you ain't drop a bar, Dwayne. Look, I don't what? got bars. I um, got metals. Okay, what? here we go. Cruising down the street, we breaking barriers. 
in the studio with me. Hey, I'm cooling. Hey, I'm not around, but I got time. We gotta go because Brady Bear's gotta go. We gotta go do this. Okay. Wait, hold on. We got three more. Wait, best advice you ever received. Don't let four years of college stop you from getting an education from Dr. Ron Simmons at Howard University when I was a freshman. Ooh, person who had the biggest impact, influence on you growing up. Dr. Peggy Brooks Bertram. All right. Favorite daddy-daughter activity? Mm. Gotta ask you that. <laughs> I can't say that. Um, we, we do a dance together. Uh, I can't talk about what kind of dance it is. We just dance together. It's a da- daddy-daughter dance. All right, last one, your greatest fear. That young people don't realize how powerful and important they are and uh, that all my work will be for naught and that I will be forgot and that my students will not become teachers of other students. Dr. B, man, appreciate we, that, we, we got to have you back. We have to. I'd like to be back once a month. Once a month? No, That's not cool, Jamil. Yeah. Oh, no, you said it. It's on record. Uh, hey. You're coming back. Well, Dr. Well, then B, yes. the colleges will hate me. Dr. B. Oh, my guy's getting too much shine. He's got my guy's say yes behind him and all these terrible things. Dr. B, you're welcome to come bless us with your presence on yes. Saturday. Uh, within Breaking Barriers to do something with our young men, whether it's around hip-hop or you want to simulate one of your classes with our young men, we'll love to have you. I've got a huge uh, lesson. It's uh, Frederick Douglass's transformative uh, experience in Chapter 7 of his uh, uh, narrative where uh, Master Ald finds Mistress Ald teaching Frederick, Frederick how to read, and she said, and he said to her, learning would forever make him unfit to be a slave. Learning would spoil the best nigger in the world. Mm, powerful. And to have a discussion about that. Man, bring it. I'd like to. Well, you know what, y'all? We got to go. Um, so, you know what? I want to thank Dr. B for coming in today. You know, we, it was amazing talking to you as always. Well, first time on the Breaking Bears podcast, but we have met before. Daniel, thank you for tuning in also. As you know, he's about to be. Kicked out as my co-host. I'm finding a new one. Um, also, we want to thank um, Nia. Did I say it right? Nia and Malik. They're also sitting King. in the studio today. And they're going to be coming out soon with the Say Yes podcast. So, y'all, please tune in. This is going to be dope. It's going to be real. And it's going to be fun. So, please tune into that. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in, y'all. It's been real to the Breaking Bears podcast. Make sure you subscribe on all, all I mean, all social media p- platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, our Heart Radio, and a big shout out to our partners that say yes, Buffalo, and the Greater Buffalo Racial Equity Roundtable, and the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo. So we thank you all for tuning in, and we appreciate you, Doctor B, for dropping some knowledge, also some bars, you know, because my bars are not there yet. So I we got beats. You we got you dropped yeah, bars. I dropped. I dropped something. Dropped, <laughs> it was yeah, something. Yeah, but you got to learn the words, man. You know it's what, like Daniel? Words. We're not doing this. Words, we're not. Man. We're not. We're not. Okay. All right. We tuning out, y'all. All right, Jamil. Thank you for, of course, being our producer as always. And we appreciate you. All right, y'all. Be safe. All love and live. Breaking Barriers Podcast. We out. We out. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Breaking Barriers Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow us on all of the streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. For more information about Breaking Barriers, visit our website at www.breakingbarriersbuffalo.org.